I feel like I could just keep singing all morning. Hallelujah. What a great uh, song choice, uh, my love. So uh, grateful how faithful our God is. If you have your Bibles, would you please turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. I'm going to be talking this morning about trusting God. And I, I thought this would just be kind of uh, the fitting because of the times that we're going through and the things that we're seeing and so on and so forth. But, uh, you know, it's so sad what has taken place this past week in America with George Floyd. My heart goes out to his family. And I will tell you, my heart goes out to uh, not just his family, my heart goes out to the officer's family. And I'm going to say this to you, and, and I hope you understand the premise to this. We all lose our way. We're all sinners saved by God's grace. And his conduct was not honorable in the sight of God, not, is not even honorable or admirable in the sight of man as well. But here's reality. Uh, there's consequences for everything that people do, and we need to pray for, I don't know the dynamic or the demographic of his family, but I do know this, that there's somebody that loves him too. He's someone's son, nephew, grandson, whatever it is, and my heart goes out to that family as they're all devastated. You know, it's amazing, and, and I stand up here humbled when I, when I say this to each and every one of you. Pastors have lost their way. Pastors' wives have lost their way. Christians have lost their way. Doctors have lost their way. You know, um, we want to trust people. We want to put our faith and trust in people. But how, how do you do that when you have a doctor that prescribes scripts to somebody that it should not be prescribed to, and then all of a sudden they become an addict and they start to lose their way? And so, you know, my heart goes out to each and every person because none of us are exempt from... I should I put this to you? None of us are exempt from doing the very same thing that anybody else does because we're all sinners. We're one choice away from making a difference. Remember that. And so your choices really define who you are. But if you have your Bible here at New Hope and if you're at your home and wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, grab your Bible and grab your iPhone, your iPad, whatever. We're going to raise it nice and high. We're thankful for the Word of God. This is my Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will hide God's words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let's say this again. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 reads, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. We know what it says in Psalms chapter 23. It says, For I will fear no evil. You know, Job says in Job chapter 3, um, verse 25, who knows what that verse is? The thing which you greatly fear has come upon you. We are living in a society where people fear. 
This pandemic has caused people to fear. And I concluded with uh, the series that I was teaching on strongholds, breaking free, moving forward. But I wanted to take today only because I didn't know who was going to be here. And we're going to continue to still do the live feeds for those that um, are really in, in a situation where they're fearful of their health. And I understand that and I respect that. But I also want each and every one of you to know that when you leave here today, I want you to have a newfound sense of faith and love and trust in our Almighty God. Today's message is trusting God and letting go of fear. Trusting God and letting go of fear. We have a choice. And each one of us with our choices, what are we going to do? And how is this going to be the new norm for all of us? What will happen in the church? And I'm going to just share my heart today as I I go over some of this. Uh, I started to become a little bit fearful. Who's going to come back to church? Who will I be preaching to? And God said, it doesn't matter. It's not about you, Todd. It's about me. And no matter how the gospel gets out, no matter how many people are there, if there's two people, I'm there. It doesn't matter. We have a tendency, and, and even CJ was saying that today in the discipleship class. He said, you know... We, we need to realize that these quiet moments is where God's defining us. And sometimes our pride gets in the way and we have to humble ourselves before Almighty God. But we've got to put our faith and trust in God in a way that we've never seen. But, you know, isn't it amazing? God is always writing His story. God is not done writing your story. And I don't even know what your story's been over the last several weeks, several months, whatever God has put you through, whatever journey you've been on. But I know that when he is completed and this life is over, people will step back and they will either say two things. I saw my family plummet into desperation, into a place that wasn't good. I saw people relapse or I saw them leap their faith into a place where they saw the hand of God. And I loved watching my mom, my dad, my grandpa, my grandma, my brother, my sister, whoever it is, just dive into the word or get on their hands and knees and pray. When was the last time that families had got together and they prayed over what is happening today in America? We are, we are all so fearful of so many things. And today I'm going to highlight just a couple of those things with you. And I hope again that we can be encouraged as we leave here today. But I love this, this verse and I love this text. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. Period. Comma exclamation point listen to me church the thing which you greatly fear will come upon you don't speak it into existence speak faith into existence but he says this but i give you power and of love and of a sound mind and of a disciplined mind and so one summer night during a severe thunderstorm a mother was tucking her small son into bed she was about to turn the light off when he asked in a trembling voice, Mommy, will you stay with me all, all night? Smiling, the mother gave him a warm, reassuring hug and said tenderly, I can't, dear. I have to sleep in Daddy's room. A long silence followed. At last, it was broken by a shaky voice saying, That big sissy. <laughs> There's probably no emotion that plagues and crushes the human personality and spirit more than that of fear. Everywhere we turn, we see people faced with fear. Every road we take, we meet the dreaded monster, fear. So what is fear? 
What is the source of fear? And how can we be delivered from fear? And that's what I'm going to highlight. And and as I was in my office, I just penciled this in. Then I looked at my wife and I I said to her, Oh, where's that verse? The thing which you greatly fear will come upon you. And she goes, I believe it's in Job. and, And it was Job chapter 3, verse 25. And I can quote scripture to you. I don't always know where it's at. My one pastor um, that I was an assistant under, he used to always tell me, all right, Todd, where's it at? He was always challenging me. He goes, I hear you quote scripture all the time, but I don't ever hear you reference the text. And so Jim, Pastor Jim really encouraged me over the years to, you know, find out where it's at so you can direct people and guide them to it. But that was me. But, you know, through this, I, I, I thought, you know, it's so true. I mean, we are anxious before I get into preach in the morning, before I step up here, I'm anxious Fear overcomes me. What am I going to say? How am I going to say it? Am I going to defend someone? You know, when you get in front of uh, people, I, the funeral I just uh, officiated two weeks ago, I asked the family, is there anybody that would like to say something? And we had two people uh, that this was ahead of time. It was pre-scheduled, but that they said, yes, these two will say something. I said, well, will this sibling or that sibling? They said, no, it's too difficult. They fear speaking in public. We all fear stuff. I'm afraid of heights. And I'm not saying that by the end of the sermon, I'm going to go outside and I'm going to grab a ladder and I'm going to climb up to the steeple and hang around and spin around and look, I'm not fearful anymore. And uh, I'll leave that up to Pastor Luke. And uh, so we'll let him do all that kind of stuff and be a, a daredevil, daredevil and be dangerous in his own realm. But I'm 50 years old and I'm not getting on that roof. So if you all need me to see something, I'm not getting up there. I'm telling you straight up. Because I know, see, there's a difference between fear and using your brain. I'm using my brain. And uh, I'm not getting up there because I'm not as steady as I once used to be. And so, therefore, that's what happens. But, you know, it was, it was amazing because God even gave me this verse, Psalms 23. For I will, I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. I said, God, where are you going with this? I mean, this was right before we walked in here. And so as I stood up here on this platform, I'm a little bit anxious and I'm a little bit nervous. And so fear started overcoming me. I'm like, wait a minute. So as we were singing, how great is our God and how great thou art, I said, God, I've got to put my faith and trust in you. I can't fear evil. Evil is among us. Because of what has happened with George Floyd, now people are tearing up their cities. Why would you do a thing like that? You know, things happen to people. All the time. Bad things happen to good people all the time. But it doesn't mean that we justify and we take matters in our own hands. Prayer needs to become a, a, a priority and number one in, our, in the forefront of our lives. Are we doing that? But people have a sense of retaliation. They have a sense of vengeance. But we have to understand where evil comes from. And we can't fear where, where that comes from. Social media has made us fearful. To the place we can't trust anymore. You know, I have heard more this week. Listen, church. I have heard more this week. I'm not trusting social media any longer. So I did something. I thought, okay, this is interesting. So a week ago, I decided that I would get on and watch all of the press conferences from the White House. Then in those press conferences, I started noticing that it was thinning out more and more people. People can say to me, oh, but they're practicing social distancing. 
in the press conference room. Oh, no, they're not doing that. Because, listen, things are being said right, wrong, indifferent. And so there's less and less that's, that's being aired. So we have to be very, very cautious. And when I say be very cautious, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to direct you to where we can find peace, where we can find hope, where we can find trust and contentment and comfort. Instead of being on Facebook, you're in God's book. That's where we're missing it. We're missing it, church, because we're not in the Word. We're not praying. We're believing. You know, I've said this all along, that this is a game of Simon Says. And I'm not discrediting it. Please do not misinterpret what I'm saying as I publicly speak. But this is a game of Simon Says. Simon Says, put on a mask, you put on a mask. Simon Says, take the mask off, you take the mask off. Simon Says, wear rubber gloves, take the rubber gloves off. Simon Says, skip three times, hop three times. Simon Says, shelter in place. Simon Says, come out. What in the world is happening? Here's what's happening. It's fear. And yes, the virus is here, and my heart breaks for people that have lost loved ones with all sincerity that have gotten sick with, with the coronavirus. But we have to be cautious always. But in my world, because I own a janitorial custodial company, I love bad bacteria. Bad bacteria needs to thrive on my body. You're like, oh, that's, I'll never shake that preacher's hand ever again. And uh, so I just wash my hands all the time. But we have to be careful where we're putting our trust in. And I understand that for many of you, you're being cautious and you're being smart, just as I am. But the... The new norm and what we're going to see in America in churches and what we have seen are going to change. Your workplace has changed. My workplace has changed. The church is different. We put, love thy neighbor, washy your hands. And I mean, we've got all these signs around the church because it's all about making sure that we're sanitized. Because we're what? We're fearful of what we might get. That's a real lifetime story. This is happening right now. Robert McLaughlin states that in the Bible, fear is represented in two ways, as emotional or mental attitude sin, and as a term for reverence towards God. See, the definition of fear, first, fear is a mental attitude sin that is characterized by panic when one is intimidated by something or finds oneself in a dangerous situation. Fear arouses the emotions in a bad way. It is a painful emotion distress produced by actual impending pain, danger, and disaster, or by illusions regarding the same. So it was real. It was a crazy story. So last night we got home, and Caitlin and uh, Jessica, one of the friends, had has flown into town, and they decided to go to. Uh, over to Travis and Megan's. You could tell I had a wedding yesterday. I'm, I'm being very, my mind's, you know, just stirring, and I think it's still sleeping at home in bed. But anyhow, uh, as they were getting off an exit, they looked in their rearview mirror as they saw two doors open wide. Caitlin said, Dad, I panicked. I didn't know what was happening. I'm off of the ramp. Doors are open on both sides. A guy is driving and he has his foot out like this. And she said, I didn't know what to expect. I, I, and, and listen, because of what's happening, this is 
downtown Akron. She said, I didn't know if somebody was going to shoot us. What just took place? Fear. Fear started taking place. So the mental and emotional started to kick into place for them. And meanwhile, there were these people that were ahead of them. They're pointing and doing these numbers. They don't know if they were running from the cops or what was happening, but they were flying at a high rate of speed with their doors open. And so what that did was that just induced fear in my daughter. Now, that's real. But, you know, we deal with PTSD. People will have to deal with the fear of what happened over the last several months. This is reality. But I love where it says in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. So the word used for fear, dilia, is defined here as being timid or a lacking confidence or the ability. Whenever it is used in the Bible, it is used in a negative sense or negative term. In the sense, it addresses the base of all fear. The fear of not measuring up, illustrating that there are two great fears of man. The fear of failure and the fear of success. Both are based on lack of confidence and feeling a sense of impending doom or downfall. You know, it, when, when I started the church, I heard people say, he'll never make it. Who in the world says that? Who in the world says Except if you fear being successful. If you're measuring up with somebody else, then, then you're always fearing, will you ever measure up to that person? And so as I was, as I was looking back and I, I looked here, fear of not measuring up, fear of failure, all these things started happening. Will I be a success? Will I be a failure? Even if you're a teenager or a child or whatever, we, we go out into the playground. Am I going to climb on those monkey bars? Am I, I going to climb up those, you know, the big flight of steps to go down that big ladder? Nobody wants... To be a failure in any manner, in any way. But until you increase your faith and step out, you'll never know. But Satan has a way of always trying to, to, to plant that seed in our heart and our mind and our life to bring about fear and so that we lack confidence in everything that we do. Fear is also defined as lacking mental or moral strength, lacking courage, being timid. I'll never forget. Man, it, it was crazy. Um, it's my junior year. They were holding auditions for West Side Story. And I'm thinking, I'm going to have to sing all these solos. And I'm going to have to act in front of people and sing at the same time. This is crazy. Now, this is a true life story. Before the production... They were fanning me off because I was laid out in the hallway floor having a panic attack. But I'll never forget. Maria, I just kissed a girl named Maria. Can it be? Could it be? Something's coming. Something's good. You know, whatever. Uh, that was 30 years ago. See? <laughs> I don't even know the other songs that I sang. It was too many years ago. But now here I am. God was preparing me to stand and speak publicly for a boy who couldn't even say his R's. You've heard me say that I had a speech impediment. And so, you know, when Mrs. Bockley, my speech therapist, 
when she would say, Todd, we need to practice, you're ours. It was difficult for me. So there are times when I still get up in the pulpit and my tongue and the top of my mouth seems to not want to participate with me and fear starts to set in because I have an expectation of myself. Well, you don't have an expectation of me. Half of you don't even know that I had a problem saying my ahs. But God was able to deliver me and I'm able to get past that. And even though I look back on West Side Story, which is sorry. And I look back on that, I think I have to overcome those fears because God has given me power and confidence to overcome those things. Our fears may be real or imaginary. Whether the condition causing the fear are real or imaginary, the results are the same. Fear will torment and punish you. And the worst thing is you do it yourself. Fear is self-induced misery. Fear is worry, apprehension, horror. And all of it which causes the person to become paralyzed towards their problems. They run away from the problem like frightened mice. Close their doors and hide from society. Fears will paralyze you physically and mentally to the point that you lose the normal function of life as God has designed it. People are afraid of many things and death is usually at the top of the list. We fear death because we don't know where we're going. I know where I'm going. And if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is your day of salvation. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. But God demonstrated, He showed His love toward man. He died on the cross for us. And yet while we were sinners, He loved us, He died for us. Many of us are afraid in this room of so many things. We are afraid of what people will say if they see us in the church building. So, if Officer Quillen, you know, he popped by here. It was kind of cool. Becky and I were here, and we were sitting in there eating some delicious gourmet food, shredded chicken burrito wrap from Taco Smell. And uh, as we were out here, Early in the day, we saw the cop car pull, and pull back out. And so I opened up the door and I gave him a wave and he rolled down his window. And I said, thanks for stopping by. He goes, oh, you're welcome. Well, not realizing who it was. And I said, and who are you? He goes, I'm Officer Willen. And I said, Officer Willen. No, Quillen, he said with a Q. I said, Quillen, my kids. He, and he looked and kind of interrupted. It was really cool. He's like, I know all the tacky girls. I love all the tacky girls. And you've got one getting married today. Well, I didn't realize that when I went back on the page, he'd already told Megan, you know, congratulations. He was one of the, the officers at the school as they were, were going through. But I went like this. This is exactly what I did when I opened up the door. It's only a small ceremony. He goes, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. Well, you know, the CDC, they put out all this stuff. But why did I say that? Why did I make a comment to him? Because I started to, what, fear what he was thinking because he saw, as soon as he said, I know who you are, I know the Tackett family, I'm like, you do? I know the Tackett girls. Then my mind started reeling. And I started thinking, oh, well, I don't want him to think that we're not adhering to what the guidelines that the governor put out. So we've all done great, we've, we've done a great job of trying to be as uh, proactive and intentional in all areas. But fear is real, and fear happens 
in all of our lives. Proverbs 12.25 says, Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. Proverbs 28.1 The wicked flee when no man pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. 1 John 4.18 says, Fear has torment. Fear has torment. So number one, I said the definition of fear. Number two, the fears of men. Newspaper counselor, many of us know who she is, if you're of any age, Ann Landers, reputedly received an average of 10,000 letters each month. When asked if there was a particular problem that seemed to predominate, she said it was fear. Afraid of losing their health, afraid of losing their wealth, afraid of losing their loved ones, even life itself. Many specialists estimate that 90% of today's chronic patients have one common problem, fear. Fear of losing their jobs, old age, being exposed to facing the future, etc. There are many unusual fears that men are plagued with, and here are a few. Ophthalmophobia. I have to say these slow. Are you, you, you wait. This, I had to do this for myself. It wasn't for anybody else. This was for me because it was kind of fun. You know what that is? That is fear of being stared at. How about Araka but Trirophobia. Fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. How about geniophobia? Fear of knees. Now, I was dying. I'm like, is this for real? How about electrophobia? Fear of chickens. Okay. Now, I hear this all the time. Chlorophobia. Fear of clowns. And uh, didascalianophobia. Fear of going to school. And then this is the greatest. And I was fearful of this word because here's how it goes. Hippopotamonstrosis equipped daliophobia, fear of long words. Let's have a spelling bee. How do you spell it? Uh, I-T. Okay, thanatophobia, fear of death. And then athazergrophobia, fear of being forgotten or ignored. Kakarahophobia, fear of failure. Monophobia, fear of loneliness. And so the base or core of most fears is the fear of death. We all fear death. But church, I'm here to tell you, if you put your faith and trust in God, that you don't have anything to fear. If you put your life and your trust and faith in God, you have nothing to fear. And listen, if God wants to give us any flu, any virus, any respiratory problems, I will say to each and every one of you, you have nothing to fear. God is with you. He is with us. And so Satan has brought that in as a way to to trip us up and to screw up our lives and to screw up our focus. And we need to put our faith and trust in God and not into the fears of men. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. And as much then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and to release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Someone has said that the fear of death is the root of all their fears. But I'll tell you, there's something glorious, something beautiful when you experience being around someone that passes that's a believer. Because it is such a sweet, sweet spirit. And you know that, yes, it's hard for us saying goodbye. It's difficult. And the fear of death is there. So as you know, I could probably spend hours discussing fear. And some people get saved because I remember back when we were teenagers, uh, my sister Tracy and I went and seen uh, Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames. 
And, you know, they were showing that movie back in the early 80s in regard to, you know, and they would scare people into getting saved. And because you didn't want to die and go to hell. And no, I don't want to see my loved ones die and go to hell. But they made that such a focus that people were getting saved out of fear. I mean, by, by the hundreds, thousands. And people were moving forward because they were afraid of what hell was like. Hell is a real place. And, and yet, we have to know that as believers, we know where our home is at. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you will be also. But it also starts out in John 14, Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Because if you believe in God, you believe also in me. You don't have to be fearful. We need to put our faith and trust in God. Church, it's time for revival. It's time for us to rise up. It's time for us to stand up. It's time to share God's stories. It's time to tell people, listen, our God is still on the throne. Jesus Christ sits at the right hand. The Holy Spirit is there to intercede for each and every one of us. And we are on the winning team. He is the victor. We're not the victim. There is victory in Jesus. And, and so I'm putting all my faith and trust in Him. We went through World War I, through World War II. We went through Vietnam. We'll get through this pandemic. We went through H1N1. We went through the AIDS pandemic. All this stuff has gone through us, around us, all over us, but we made it through. We have to put our faith and trust in God. We have to trust in God. I want you to let go of fear I can't fear. Someone said to me, well, Todd, how are you handling everything in the cleaning industry? CJ works with us. We're doing what we've always done. We're cleaning. You're still spraying the same antibacterial, you know, Lysol, all that stuff. We're still cleaning. We're doing what we need to do. We're sanitizing. But we're always fearful of what somebody thinks and what they say. And, you know, it's, it's so crippling number three the source of fear the source of all of our fears is to be found with our earliest ancestors adam and eve man was created in righteousness without any fear but when he disobeyed in the garden all that was changed the moment that he sinned adam was stricken with fear no longer in right standing with god the fear of death entered into the human race Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where are you? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. In the beginning, God created man in complete harmony with him, perfect without sin and without fear. Fear was introduced to man when he ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. With this understanding of good and evil, Adam became aware that he no longer measured up to God's standards and became guilt-ridden. The fear of never measuring up entered into his heart. The fear of death, physical and spiritual, caused a problem with him. Isn't, isn't it sad, you know, even in our workplaces, 
new programs come in. I don't know, this thought just came to me. New programs, new computer software. And we're fearful. Can we learn that program? Will we lose our job? What will happen to us? Man, we, I wonder how many times throughout the course of the day do all of us fear. Fear something. You know, if I, if I stop too hard in the car, my wife screams! I'm like, honey, I just put my foot on the brake. She goes, no, you didn't. You halted the car. It's for real. And that just started at 8 a.m. in the morning when we were leaving the house. And then it goes throughout the course of the day. Fear can overcome us, encompass us on every level. But listen, so Adam realized, and in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, watch this, for all of sin it comes short. Watch this. He failed to measure up to the glory of God. He's fallen short. So, you know, I never really looked at this until I was studying it. Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as though one man's sin entered into the world, and death through sin, and thus death passed upon all men, death spread to all men, because all have sinned. We're all sinners. And when we, when we sin and when we do wrong, we do what? We hide. We're just like Adam and Eve. We run and we hide. Always fearful of what somebody's going to say and what they're going to do. I will say it is difficult because we can't please everybody. So I just ask you to trust in God. Just trust in God. Number four, the deliverance from fear. The deliverance from fear. After sin entered the world, God addressed Adam and Eve's fear by giving a promise of the coming Redeemer. The seed of Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. And he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. The seed of Eve would destroy all sin and in doing so provide deliverance from all fear. Jesus Christ came to provide a means of reestablishing a right relationship with God to the ally of fear. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same that through death that might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver that them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. When one comes to Jesus Christ in the Bible, declares that all enmity between God and man ceases as man receives and trusts solely in God's grace. And in Romans 5 it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Deliverance from fear is found in trusting Christ. Psalms 27.1 The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? What'd you say, preacher? The Lord is my deliverance. Whom shall... Woohoo! Who shall I fear? Are you kidding me right now? That is such a great truth and promise from God's Word. Why do we have to be fearful? So I will say, for the last 30 years that I have, stand behind, that I have stood behind a pulpit and I have led music, I have prayed. We pray every week before we come out. And I ask God, please speak through me. Please use me. I can't do this. 
And they've heard me pray that. Hide me behind the cross. Because if Todd walks out here, I will go booking it out the door, bust through those doors, jump, jump in my car, and hightail it out of here. That's how fearful I would be. I have to put my faith and trust in God, who is my light and my salvation. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind, of self-discipline, power, Ability to perform. For the believer it is power to achieve by applying the Lord's inerrant abilities. Power through God's ability. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Last week we were at the campground. Yes, I love my little motor, but my wife and I saw this park model and we thought it would be more conducive for, for our family. And i got to get my, my cool little cute motor home. I can't afford both. But as this woman was sharing the story of why they were selling it, I, I immediately, I immediately, and I keep forgetting, can you all see me on there? Am I okay? Okay. I immediately realized, <laughs> have to look at the producer and the director, right? Sorry. I, I'm trying to stay in my little confined area. Uh, I, as I was hearing her, God said, pray for him. Pray for her husband. He's in the hospital. He's on a ventilator. He's taken the COVID-19 test, but pray for him. They're fearful of his death. They're fearful of something happening. Pray for him. I'm like, I'm not praying for him. Listen, this, this is me. I'm wrestling with it right now. How am I going to say to these people, what about if they're not believers and they're going to go, oh, like, he's a holy roller. And so I'm, you know, they're telling me the stories. My mind's doing one of these things. And, you know, like the Tom and Jerry cartoon, we got the angel here and the devil here and, uh, and, and all this stuff. So I don't even know what they said, but right in the middle of it, I said, can I pray, please pray for your husband? Now, everybody thinks that, oh, that's such a pastoral thing you did. But I wrestle with the same things you wrestle with. What are they going to say? So what started creeping up in my heart was fear. So I immediately said, can we pray? As we did, she broke down, started crying. I prayed for deliverance, for healing, for power, for strength, that the great physician would touch him, heal him. The next day, she said, he's off the ventilator and out of ICU. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It wasn't me. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. What did I say in the scriptures? See, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Stop and pray for someone. You have the same ability that I have. Pray over them. Deliver people. Give them the strength and power to say, you know what? I'm going to walk in the newness of Jesus. I want to deliver those people. And I, th those old things are passed away. I don't know what's going on with him, but God does. And so let him be the healer. He wants the credit for all things. As believers, we no longer have to measure up or have, to have the fear of measuring up. No longer have to fear missing the mark. No longer fear because we trust Him. What am I afraid of? In Psalms it says, I will trust in Thee. Trusting God dispels all fear. Faith and fear totally occupy your mind and the heart at the same time. Faith and fear cannot totally occupy your mind and heart at the same time. It's impossible. Faith and fear cannot exist together. It's like the natural law of physics that states two bodies cannot occupy the same place at the same time. And the same holds true in the spiritual. Faith is the opposite of fear. And when you have faith, you cannot fear. That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. 
Someone has said we need to, an absolute belief that God is constantly working behind the scenes in every area of our lives. Even when there's no tangible evidence to support that fact, that is how the Bible defines faith. That is how the Bible defines faith. And my, you know, you hear me say it all the time. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 is my favorite verse. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. As believers, we can trust God to meet our every need, equip us to carry out His will, and not allow anything without His loving watch over us. God loves us. And He's with us. We have to trust in that fact. Romans 8.28 says, We know that all things work together for good to those that love God and those that are called according to His purpose. This week I ran across the following quote. quote, Then I'll be closing. A Christian is immortal till his work on earth is done. That statement means that nothing can harm without God's permission. Watch this. A Christian is immortal till his work on earth is done. This statement means that nothing can harm without God's permission. Not cancer, not AIDS, not bankruptcy, not the coronavirus, not theft, not the loss of your job, not a terrible accident, not the death of a child or a loved one. Not any of the thousand other sorrows that afflict the children of God. Folks, we aren't immune to sadness. What happens to others also happens to us. The difference is that we know that God protects us from harm so that nothing can touch us that doesn't first pass through his hands of love. God cares for us. So in closing, as Christians, we don't have to let fear of anything rule our actions. We can apply Psalms 56.3. Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in God. Trusting Him and not leaning not on our own understandings. Trust the Lord with all thy heart. Into His hands I lay the fears that haunt me. The dread of future ills that may befall. Into His hands I lay the doubts that taunt me. And rest securely trusting Him for all. Proverbs 3.26 says, For the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep your foot from being taken. Trusting God, His love, His grace, His power dispels all our fears. The question is, have you placed your trust in Him? And I'm going to say this. I found this, and I think this is really great for our new hope for recovery. There's some quotes and I hope you can appreciate them because I just stopped and from some great leaders of our country as they were speaking on fear. And I thought, writers, pastors, leaders, not a single person on the planet is immune to fear. To be human means to feel emotions, to be affected by our thoughts, which sometimes leads us to losing track of our divine nature. In those times, fear can take hold of us and make us feel trapped and often powerless. If you're going through a time in your life where you feel scared, know that you are not alone. You're not going through this alone. Know that within you is all the power you need to overcome your challenges. Here are 13 quick thoughts that will change your life. Thinking will not overcome fear, but action will. You gain strength, courage, and confidence by every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. You are able to say to yourself, I lived through this horror. 
I can take the next thing that comes along. That came from Eleanor Roosevelt. With every obstacle we overcome, we become stronger and more resilient. Choose to see your challenges as opportunities to grow and to expand. If you want to conquer fear, don't sit home and think about it. Go out and get busy. It came from Dale Carnegie. The amateur believes he must first overcome his fears, then he can do his work. The professional knows that fear can never be overcome. He knows there is no such thing as a fearless warrior or a dread-free artist. Courage is resistance to fear. Mastery of fear. Not absence of fear. Mark Twain. Choose to become a master of your fear by never allowing it to control your life or your choices. I thought that was really good. Don't let fear and insecurity stop you from trying new things. Believe in yourself. Do what you love. Most importantly, be kind to others. Even if you don't like them. The world needs more people to be doing what they love. Believe in your ability to love life. To live the life of your dreams. Francis Chan said our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. Isn't that amazing? What you fear is what you must conquer. What you fear is what you must conquer. I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. Number 10, I was never afraid of failure, for I would sooner fail than not be among the greatest. Hmm. Overcoming what frightens you the most strengthens you the most. Oh, hallelujah. When you put your faith and trust in God, He'll give you double for your trouble. I think that was, I mean, really, that is me. Overcoming what frightens you the most strengthens you the most. Number 12, there is no illusion greater than fear. Isn't it amazing how fear in our lives, we will literally picture, paint a canvas because we're fearful, because we think the outcome will be one way or the other. And last, if you bring forth what is within you, what you bring forth will save you. If you do not bring forth what is within you, what you do not bring forth will destroy you. Wow. I know many of us have feared the future. Many of us have feared the outcome of what's going to happen with the coronavirus. Many of us have feared the outcome of health, wealth, our finances, our future. Cass is here. She's a nurse on the front lines, on her floor dealing with the virus. She could go into work every day fearing it, or she has to put her faith and trust in God and say, God, you've got to help me through this. Because we can get anything at any time, at any place, anywhere. We just have to trust in Almighty God. And I hope that we can all walk away saying that we will trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus.
but to trust and obey. For you see, church, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let us walk away today saying, you know what? Satan, you're not going to keep this stronghold of fear in my life. I'm releasing it today. And if there's something that you've been going through that you just need to pray and lay it at the altar, you pray. You lay it at the altar. If you've been going through addiction, you pray. You lay it at the altar. Don't you fear what recovery is going to be like? Don't you fear what uh, the, the, the phases that you're going to have to go through as you, you know, get rid of what the body has kept captive? There's freedom and victory in the days ahead. For you don't have to fear evil. For he says, for thy rod and thy staff are with you. For he's there to comfort you and to help you. Let's all rise to our feet. Let us pray together. Father, we love you and we just thank you that today, in such a serious conversation as we all take the tools that Lord, we need to move forward. God, so I release fear of of anxiety, of outcome, of what people might think or say of me. Father, I pull down the stronghold of fear that I might mess up speaking. Father, I pull down the stronghold of fear that, Lord, I might squeak or crackle when I'm singing. Father, I pull down the stronghold of fear that the sound system is going to crash. Father, I pull down the stronghold of fear that, Lord, people won't be in this church building next week. Father, I pull down the stronghold of fear that I don't have to to fear death, that I know that you're with me, that there's hope. For you said, do not be troubled. Do not be afraid. Father, in this room, there are are many in, in, in homes and around the world that are are fearful of so much of the outcome of tomorrow, of the riots that are taking place. But God, in the name of Jesus, we pull down the fear of death, of destruction. And Father, we loose in the name of Jesus that you'll help us to run in uh, victorious, that we'll be free, that God, there is a hedge of protection around your children, protecting them from the enemy. So, Father, we claim today in the name of Jesus that you will give us the power, that you'll give us the confidence, the sound mind and love to move forward, knowing, Lord, we're putting our faith and our trust in you. And so, Father, we can't see the outcome, but, God, we know that you have control. So we bind Satan in the name of Jesus Christ, and today, Father... We pull down the stronghold of addiction, the fear of recovery in the hearts and lives of people that they will take one day at a time, that, Lord, they can call on someone to to give them that comfort and strength to make it. The fear of abandonment, of being alone. Father, we pray that you'll fill their hearts and that void in their life with peace and contentment. Father, thank you for your word today. Father, thank you that we can put our faith and trust in you. Father, if there's somebody here that does not know you as Lord and Savior, may they believe on the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ. May they confess with their mouth, believe in their heart.